What's good, y'all? Rick Good here with another episode of 8-Bit Stories Presents. Uh, in the next few episodes, I'll be wrapping up the In His Own Words series, in which I've been breaking down some key moments in my life, all in the interest of giving my kids some insight as to who I am as a person and not just a father. Uh, in the last episode, I spoke a bit about my trips to Japan, and in this one, I'll be broadening my scope to a, a varied bunch of trips that I took, some planned and others not. Anyways, without further ado, let's get it. Chicago. Although Tokyo was technically the first major metropolis that I feel I visited, when I first traveled to Chicago and came up from the subway, I remember being like blown away by these breathtaking views of all these skyscrapers towering over me. I can see why artists like Lupe Fiasco, Kanye West, Common, and Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy are always talking it up. It really does feel like the big city, in my opinion. My longest stay in Chicago was about three weeks for my training on how to use United's passenger check-in system. My bro Jeff and I were the only two from the Wichita station that went. And to give you a little snippet about how goofy Jeff is, uh, there was this time when Nate laid out an open banana peel on the floor of the break room, you know, like Mario Kart style. And uh, when Jeff came by to see it, he started doing this little jig and saying this, just to play along. It was all fun and games until the supervisor came around the corner to see him, like hands up in the air acting like Zoeyberg from Futurama. Oh, and Jeff was the lead too, so that made it like even more classic. But right, yeah, so so Jeff was there, and uh, we also went with the group from Aruba and Trinidad. Uh, because, you know, just because Wichita is landlocked doesn't really mean it's not an island either. Anyways, uh, because we stayed north of the city, we didn't really get a chance to go downtown except on the weekends, but you can believe that all of us were there every weekend watching the summer fireworks, walking the Michigan Mile, or just hanging out at Millennium Park. That ended up being a really fun and like worry-free trip. Aside from that trip, I'd gone to visit my friend uh, Meka on several occasions. She's actually the reason why my Chicago routine would always consist of going to Chinatown and stopping by this like little bakery to pick up barbecue pork buns before starting the day. Uh, I'm not gonna go over every trip, but there were a few times in particular that stood out for me. Uh, one was when Nate and I went to help Meka move from Southside Chicago into a new apartment near her art school downtown. What we failed to realize is just how far south she was. She was so far south that she made Southside Chicago nervous, you know what I'm saying? I remember hearing the blaring of that like old, timely, you know, police car and how it seemingly endlessly droned on. You think I'm exaggerating, but nope, it was real. Knowing what I know now, it was actually crazy to think of how much effort was put into suppressing generations of people for so long just to keep them from succeeding in life. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Uh, I've been reading way too much. I'll save that for a different series. Yeah, so the second was when I flew to Chicago to go to Lupe Fiasco's album signing. I was so excited that I caught the red-eye flight in, arriving like at 4.45 in the morning, only to get downtown and have to wait around for like 13 hours until the signing began. Luckily, Mako was uh, semi-free, so you know we met up and kicked it into the signing. Well, it turns out I should have bought the album there and spent my time at the venue because they gave priority to those who purchased the album, and the line was stretched out of the building to those who didn't. But, you know, because we were there, we waited until it was time to see Lupe, and you know, I said my little two cents. Glad to see you. You know, I flew all the way from Seattle just for this. To which he replied, why didn't you just wait until I toured there? And I said, you know, because I work for an airline and it's easier to fly here. You know, not the best exchange, but hey, it was something. Unless you count Maker's exchange, that is. To her, he said something suave like, hey there, sister. How you doing this evening? Glad you can make it. Eh, she deserved it though, no complaints. 
After the signing, we waited outside since, you know, we were close to the last few people uh, to get in. We figured we could see him again before he left. And we actually ended up chatting with this really kind lady outside for a bit about Lupe. Well, it turns out, like, that was his mom. So, you know, uh, that was a nice little redemption at the end of the day, which was cool. But right, so Meka and her now husband Nick were very hospitable and kind every time I needed to crash in Chicago, usually because I couldn't make a flight back to Wichita. So for that, I thank them both. Speaking of hospitality, another friend who was in Chicago was my buddy Hojun. Now, Hojun was a friend from Korea who I met in high school uh, as a foreign exchange student. And after high school, he later moved to Chicago to further his studies at the universities there. Although I kind of suspect he stayed so that he could delay being drafted in the army back home. Well, once his studies were done, he had mentioned that he was going to go back. And so I offered him a buddy pass, but only under one condition. I tag along with him. So on our trip, our connection through San Francisco was delayed, causing us to nearly miss our trip to Korea. But we made it only because there was a United Global Service member making the same connection as us and had somebody like waiting there to escort him. So a global service member is uh, an invite only status that consists of a group of individuals who drop at least my annual net worth on United tickets each year, hence why they had somebody waiting for them. Anyways, to be honest, I don't really remember too much of my trip in Korea, except dang near chipping my tooth on metal chopsticks because of my poor eating etiquette. Taking a bus hours away to Hojun's house, where his parents ecstatically thanked me for helping him with his ticket, and tagging along while they gave me like a two or three day tour of the area by car, and then buying a plane ticket back to Seoul so that I can catch my flight back home. So like not to discredit or discount you know, any of their generosity or hospitality, I really appreciated it. I think I would have remembered more of the landmarks and destinations had we walked the streets more. No matter how hard I try, I can't for the life of me remember like where we went during my stay there, which is a bit upsetting because it was like a really nice trip. So my lesson from this trip was that if I really wanted to like get a feel for the city, then it was always best for me to go on foot. Like every trip where I had to walk around to get place to place, I managed to remember so much more than when I was in a car. Oh, and a little side note, right? Um, I remember this being around the time when like tension was flaring up with North Korea and like thinking through different scenarios where I had to escape from an ICBM attack if it struck the airport. Like no joke, I was legitimately worried about that. If my Korea trip was about a foreign exchange friend leaving the US, then it's only fitting to talk about my foreign exchange friend who was coming to the US. So my friend Guar, uh, she's a friend of mine from Russia who I met in a chat one day. I think it was like ICQ or something if I recall. Anyways, we would send like long emails to each other about like a whole plethora of topics, uh, which went on for like a few years. At the time, she was trying to get accepted to come to the US to study at a university. Well, one day she received a letter saying that she can come. I remember feeling her excitement flowing from the letter as she talked about being accepted to Graceland University. Like I thought it would be kind of cool to go and visit while she was there too. But first I had to figure out where Graceland U was. Silly me, like I thought it was a university near where Elvis was born, but it turns out it was in Iowa, near Des Moines and Kansas City area. Yeah, not sure if you can hear the excitement in my voice for having the opportunity to go deeper in the Midwest. But all jokes aside, I did enjoy my time there. I ended up flying to Des Moines, renting a car, and driving down to the college town just to say hi to a good friend. 
I got a tour of the school, met some of her friends, we ate lunch at a restaurant together, and then I left. Needless to say, those are my random travel days. Like, yo, here's a fun fact. Here's a breakdown of the month of April in 2011. So April 1st, I partied downtown in Wichita for Moon's birthday. April 6th, went to Chicago with Zapip. The 7th, I watched my friends, the Final Four, perform on stage. 15th, I performed on stage at WSU for the uh, 311 Relief Fund for Japan. The 19th, I went to Thailand to see the Golden Palace with my friend Bell. The 21st, I went to Malaysia and partied at this uh, nightclub called Zook with Amy. The 24th, I returned to Wichita to play D&D with my friend Tad. And the 27th, I flew to Des Moines, Iowa to drive to Graceland University and visit Guar. Yeah, I was a little bit extra that month. Before I move on though, I know I said it before, but like Guar is definitely the reason why I still say stay awesome at the end of every episode. She specifically mentioned 10 years ago that it was a good phrase, so you know, I just stuck with it. I've also gone to New York City, although I don't really have much to talk about there, which kind of seemed odd, I know. I remember it was a trip that I went on with Ryan, uh, you know, my travel friend who worked with me at United, just because we could. And since we really didn't have any goals in mind, you know, we went like to the top of the Empire State Building, to Ground Zero, to Times Square, to the Nintendo Building, which is kind of cool. And then we walked to Wall Street and took the subway to Lower Manhattan to see the Statue of Liberty, and then we left. Yeah, nothing too crazy, although I think it was that trip where we had to route through Minneapolis just to get back to Wichita. So basically we flew from LaGuardia Airport to Chicago, but we couldn't get out because the flights were full. So I called my friend Donna in Wichita and she told us like, yo, you gotta go to gate like E17 in 10 minutes to catch this flight to Minneapolis so that we could take Delta home. So Ryan and I immediately ran to the gate to catch the flight. Yo, it reminded me of that scene from The Matrix where Neo was running from the agents and uh, needed help escaping, so he called Tank and said, Mr. Wizard, get me that out of here. You know, sometimes uh, that's kind of how my life went, I suppose. Thank you for listening to my dad's podcast. I hope you like it as much as I do. Don't forget to subscribe so that he can keep making more content. Arigato. Yo, in case you were unaware, my wife and I have our own craft shop called Ray Ra's Craft. We specialize in taking fusible beads and creating canvas, pottery, banner, and jewelry art. You can find us at rayrazcraft.com. That's R-E-I-R-A-Z craft.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Be sure to drop a comment or a like when you do check us out. Thanks and back to the show. Jump into my international trips again. I've also been in Germany. So like Germany is to Ryan as Japan is to me. Like he studied German in school and wanted to go visit his friend Tatiana a friend from his school, so I tagged along, right? Because his friend lived outside of Frankfurt, we ended up taking the train from Frankfurt, Maine to her hometown, Karlsruhe, to meet up. Tatiana and her friend Isabel met up with us and showed us around town. You know, they took us out for drinks uh, and laughed at me for not drinking alcohol and only getting a Sprite. And then we hit up like, you know, a small club uh, or a house party on one occasion. 
Yo, I still remember having my mind blown after finding out why Tatiana had so many bottles at her entryway of her apartment. So it turns out there are these machines in grocery stores where you can return your bottles for store credit. So my understanding is that when you buy a drink in a glass bottle, there's like a fee placed on it. And when you return it, they return that fee to you in the form of store credit so that you can get a discount off your next purchase. For that reason, you'll see like citizens, you know, like homeless or otherwise, essentially just like cleaning the streets of bottles so that they can collect that credit, which is genius. Uh, let's see, one more thing about Germany before I move on. So there was, this, there was this one time when we got thrown off the trains on our way to Frankfurt. So the story goes like this. During one of our trips, we were delayed in getting to Karlsruhe because there was a massive protest on the tracks. Pro tip. German trains, they always run on time, making this protest a huge deal. They were protesting Turkey's military campaign in northern Syria, which was noble because that war was a mess and needed to be protested. They managed to block a section of the tracks, causing a massive backup. After an hour or so, the train started running again, and we were on our way. The problem came when we decided to take it upon ourselves to extend our ticket to the following day. Now, in hindsight, we were idiots. But at the time, we thought like, yo, they delayed us, so we'll just slide the trip back. Now we're even, right? Wrong. While on the train on our way back to Frankfurt, Ryan and I had discussed that we needed to explain ourselves to the enforcer if he were to come by and check our tickets. And sure enough, here he was, going row by row, checking everyone as he went. Now mind you, I don't speak German, but judging by his mannerism, this is how the conversation went. Let me see your tickets. Ryan handed them over. Huh, checks his watch. These tickets were for the 16th, now it's the 17th, come with me. Ryan fumbles through an explanation, but the enforcer is not having it, and he proceeds to walk us onto the platform after the train stopped and closes the door as the train speeds off. Uh, mind you, this was 2am by the way, halfway to Frankfurt. I think we ended up taking a taxi after scrounging up some loose change, which was just enough to get us back to the hotel. Yeah, fun, fun times. Speaking of fun times, Amsterdam. No, not that kind of fun. So one of Ryan's dreams was to go to Trans Energy, which was like a huge annual trans concert that took place in various parts around the world. And this particular year, it was happening in Utrecht, the fourth largest city in the Netherlands. So we bought our ticket, packed up and headed there. Because the flight arrived so early, we just like wandered the streets of Amsterdam until late night during which I managed to learn the difference between a coffee house and a coffee shop. Hence, the latter sells a little bit more than coffee. I feel like I need to reiterate that like I don't smoke, never have, never will, but I did find it really interesting that they had these shops where the clerk would like punch a button on the wall to reveal a hidden menu filled with items that would make like Snoop Dogg jealous, you know what I'm saying? It was interesting, that's all, that's all I'm getting at. So yeah, by nightfall, we took the train to Utrecht, entered the concert hall, and worked our way to the front of the stage to see artists like Armin Van Buren, Paul Van Dyke, uh, and this Australian newcomer named Heidi. Funny thing is, we didn't realize until the show was almost over that you really don't want to be in the front row during a concert. Reason being, trance concerts are more of like a lights and pyrotechnic show than a performance. So instead of seeing these crazy displays, we just stood by the booming sound system and had our eardrums destroyed for like six hours. Lesson learned. Uh, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, the show was still good. Just probably could have been better had we walked like 30 feet or, you know, 10 meters back. After the show, we took the train back to Amsterdam and KO'd until the early evening. 
I mentioned this because I had actually arranged to visit Mariella, my friend from high school, but totally missed our meeting. Like I feel horrible for it because uh, it, it was like four years at the time since we last met, but between the concert and the potent hostel, like the odds were definitely stacked against us as far as waking up was concerned. on to Hawaii. So I've been to three of the islands over the past few years. We mainly travel to Oahu because Honolulu is like the default go-to, but I've also been to Maui a number of times and Kauai once. I've been uh, surfing twice on Waikiki Beach, and to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that I went surfing uh, since at times I seem allergic to water, but you know, I did. I talked about it a little bit in episode four, but the first time I went surfing with Ryan and Andrew, it was hard since we were trying to pop up once we caught a wave. The second time I went surfing later, I learned that you can just take your time, which worked out much better. I've walked to Diamond Head Mountain about half a dozen times. Every time I went to Hawaii with someone new, it was like a must do. It was a nice little hiking trail, but I feel like most of the time people were not ready to see so many stairs near the end of the trail. Gets people every time. I've driven up icy mountain paths on Maui, so Nate and I accidentally started driving up this mountain path. It was an accident because uh, late one night we were just you know cruising around the island and we ended up turning down to this mountain path and didn't realize it until we started seeing like crystals forming on the grass. But once we found out, we wanted to pull over and get a picture of the view. All I remember seeing is Nate stepping out of the car, standing there for a bit and sitting right back down. He said, I just got extremely lightheaded. The air is so thin, you should see. Nah, bro, I'm good. So we just like drove back down. And also I almost ran over chickens in Kauai. Look, I only went once and I wasn't expecting to see so many free roaming chickens on the island. I remember hearing that it was illegal to kill them too, which I joked about with my old coworker Rob, you know, the one who ate bird every day, that he would definitely be a criminal there. So there's this one story I wanted to tell you about Hawaii. Uh, it involves Nate and I getting our clothes stolen. This one particular trip, the boarding agent had assigned me an economy plus because I wasn't wearing the right shoes for first class. Rules are rules. Uh, so Nate was kind enough to join me in the back of the bus, but he made sure to remind me that once we got to Hawaii, we were buying shoes because he's not riding in the back again. All right, noted. So we go about our travels and then on the way back, we make it a point to stop at a Kmart to grab some dress shoes before heading back to the airport. And since we were running a bit late, we decided that it would be best to change clothes in the airport after dropping off the rental car. So we go drop the rental car off, rush through security, and then stop in the restrooms to change out of our vacation clothes and into our business clothes, only to find that we don't have them. We just have like dress shirts and shoes, no pants. So rewinding a bit, how'd that happen? Here's our different takes on how it happened. Once we got to Maui, uh, we picked up the rental car and started cruising around the island for you know our 24 hour trip. That night we parked in an outlet mall and I hopped out for about like half an hour to call my mom on a payphone to tell her about the trip and that I'm all right. Oh, uh, and depending on the age of people listening to this, uh, a payphone is a public phone that you set up outside where you insert coins in it and make calls. I think my cell phone had died, which is why I had to resort to the archaic means of a payphone. That's important because that's when Nate thinks someone snuck into our back seat, mind you, with him in the passenger seat, and stole our clothes. So that's scenario number one. Scenario number two goes like this. The next day we decided uh, we wanted to see a waterfall. We made it like our one quest to complete on this trip for some reason. 
Well, we looked at the map and saw this road to Hana, which says that, you know, there should be a pretty good sized waterfall there. So we hop in the car and start driving. During this road trip, we would randomly see a bunch of cars, park next to them, and then walk down the beaten path to see if the trail was worth the trek or not. This happened about like, I don't know, two or three times. And on one of our treks, I distinctly remember seeing signs littering the lot that said, be sure to lock your car doors. There are thieves afoot or something like that. Uh, seems odd, but hey, might as well double check. So I ask, hey, Nate, did you lock the car? Yeah. So I pay no mind. Turns out the waterfall was more like a really long trickle of water. And to make matters worse, all the detours that we took ended up forcing us to turn around early only to rush back to the airport and have to skip our visit to Hana. Now, I'm no gumshoe, but I'd have to say scenario number two sounds a little bit more logic, just saying. So anyway, so back to the airport. Uh, we changed clothes and immediately started looking like in different shops for slacks, which is a big no-go because Hawaii doesn't know the meaning of mainland business attire. So we go to the gate defeated, right? The gate agent calls our name. We walk up to the podium to collect our boarding passes in first class, only to be asked, it's your lucky day. You two were wearing the right clothes, right? He must have smelt the defeat because he walked around the podium to see our floral pattern shorts, shook his head, shredded the boarding passes, and replaced them with economy plus seats. At the moment it was rough, but looking back, I can now laugh at it. What made it so much funnier was when we told our story to our coworker Denny, who constantly talked up this nude beach called Little Beach before we went, even though we had zero intention of going to this nude beach. So he's like, they took your pants. What were you wearing? Uh, touche Denny, touche. All in all, Hawaii really does feel like a nice relaxing escape from reality. And look, I feel like I've gone so many times, I'm still glossing over a few trips, like the, uh, the timeshare that I stayed at with a friend, the amazing sushi restaurant that I went to, uh, Leonard's Bakery, the most fattening treats you'll ever eat, uh, the honeymoon that uh, we went on where I had like a few dollars to my name. Oh, and the time I got stuck in Oahu for like six days. My friend Carol, who lives there, convinced us to relax and she invited us to crash to her place and let us use her car just as long as we brought it back by the end of her shift. Yo, by the way, if you're listening, thank you so much for that Wonder Woman. You're the best. I'd be lying if I told you I didn't feel blessed for having the opportunity to experience so much of the world while making friends in so many different countries. And I'm so excited that at the time of this recording, my kids are on their own journey in Japan, preparing to start school out there and make a wealth of memories of their own. So if there's one takeaway that I would want to leave my kids with is that this lifestyle truly is a blessing and they should realize that not everyone is given the same opportunity as them. And for that reason, they should stay humble and make the most of it by absorbing as much as they can, when they can. And with that, I'm out. Look, I really appreciate everyone checking out my In His Own Words series. The next episode will wrap things up by going over Thailand, Malaysia, and the Philippines. Then I plan on dropping some parting notes before diving into the next series. So remember, share if you care, subscribe if you vibe, and I'll catch you in the next one. And as always, stay powerful and stay awesome. Peace.